There you go. Okay, hey guys. <laughs> Welcome to True Urban Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Santos, and I'm joined by two lovely ladies for one, so it's not so much of a sausage fest. In any case, <laughs> let's talk about how we're so goddamn afraid of becoming our parents, man. Like, we're Gen Z, I guess. And, you know, nothing's scarier than having children right now because it just means more responsibility and more chances to fail. And you know how we love failure. So tune into this special and see what's up. Oh, Lord, give me strength. Hey, guys, how's it going? Yo. Yo. Okay. (laughs) I want to introduce our audience. You've probably seen Marie before, but here we have Jessica. She's one of our journalists. Jessica, would you like to give a little intro about what you like to write about and basically who you are as a person? But save any personal projects for the end. We'll let you plug later. Okay. So I'm Jessica. I'm from Chicago, born and raised. Um, Basically at TUC, I specialize in fashion. Fashion's my main thing. That's your thing, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope mental health is your thing, too, because we're about to do a mental health check-in as soon as that pops up. Yay. Okay, great. So how this goes, our audience is probably familiar with this. Sean is probably fucking tired of this. And <laughs> um, But for Jessica's sake and our audience's sake, we're going to, on a scale of 1 to 10, we're going to do a check-in of where we are at mentally and be as honest as you like. Um, so one is I want to die, two, my life is pointless, three, nothing matters, four, my life sucks now, five, whatever, wow, these are really similar, six, I'm content, seven, I'm grateful, eight, I'm in a good place, nine, I'm excited about life, ten, couldn't be better. Uh, Jessica, don't mean to put you on the spot, but I don't want any of our other answers to influence, you know, your own stream of consciousness yeah. and whatnot, so pick a number, tell us why, go into debt, you know the, you know the deal. Um, honestly, right now, I'll maybe like a seven or eight. I just got back from vacation. So I'm very, very grateful to live that and just have that experience with me. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy overall. Oh, no, where'd you go? Yeah. Uh, Colorado. Why'd you go to Colorado for <laughs> <laughs> My sister lives there, so I was there for a few weeks. Okay, you, you sure it wasn't for other reasons? I, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see you, Jessica. I see you. But no, it's great. Honestly, most of us probably... Jesus Christ. <laughs> My God, no one calls me all day. But most of us probably haven't seen the better parts of this country because we're so, you know, focused on the international travel. So probably one of the very few good things about the pandemic is that we're kind of like you know landscaping and um thinking about like where we want to go in the in the kind of place that's like more closer to home i suppose mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what the fuck i'm saying sean go <laughs> got you i'm gonna say i'm sitting at a good like maybe a eight or a nine right now and that's simply because this weekend i actually went out and i was like around my dance friends and everything for the last two days so, you know, have a good, like, spirit going on about, like, my dance life moving forward. Got to see, I guess, like, everybody perform and stuff. I'm actually excited about possibly joining, I guess, the ranks of them dancing one day. Nice, bro. So you, you say dance friends, so I'm assuming you also have non-dance friends? 
See, see, I'm separating my my like my life into like my different friend groups. I got my like high school friends, all (laughs) got my dance friends, my high school friends, my college friends. You know, (laughs) you feel like you're more like yourself around your dance friends. Like when you're with your normal friends, you have to like hold parts of yourself back. What's what's the deal there? It's like you know, everybody sees. I guess everybody sees a certain part of me. My dance friends, I guess, see me a little bit more relaxed now. Like, everybody almost sees, like, me in, like, stages of comfortability. Obviously, it takes me a little bit more to open up to newer people. So my dance friends haven't fully seen me, I guess, at my full, I guess, Mm. self yet. But they're getting closer because I've actually been around them for, like, I guess, like, maybe two years or so now. And I've gotten more relaxed around them. So, you know, we're starting to get there. My best uh, friend obviously sees every part of me. <laughs> that's no, man. I know psychologists, like a psychiatrist said this or where the theory comes from, but like, you know, we wear masks for different kinds of people and we only mm-hmm. like show, we, uh, people got to only see each other from certain angles. So obviously I only get to see you from the perspective of someone who's on the camera on the podcast, but I've probably never experienced a dance with you. And that's a shame because dance with you must be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, Marie, it's been a while, huh? Yes. <laughs> How's it going? You're traveling America, man. How do you miss home yet? Uh, I'm getting. Uh, I'm going home soon, so wow. a little bit, but it's okay. I had a really great, great stay here, and yeah, I would say I'm a seven. So yeah, I'm grateful uh, to be back on the podcast, and also like that I could travel uh, in the United States, and yeah, that I had a great semester here. Uh, yeah, but I'm happy to go home too. To visit my family friends so you were studying abroad here in america what made you choose the states uh it was because my school in france uh i had like different choices in the u.s so i had like san jose state uh pensacola or uh texas so i was like i wanted to visit california so i oh, chose wow. this destination so i'm guessing it was kind of a culture shock in some ways especially since you went down south where it's like really american you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're, if you're from the U.S., you probably know what I mean. Like, Wait, you know, so you had the opportunity to go to the University of Texas? There's Liddell. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, um, San Antonio. Oh, Texas. Oh, okay. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to advise. You can always stay, uh, but sure. Uh, where was that? So I'm guessing it's a bit of a culture shock. What what uh, surprised you most about living in the southern states? Uh, like for instance, in France, we all do like um, we go around by bus or by metro, and here like everybody's using the car and like it's all like split up, like the 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 city and the downtown is all like split up. So I feel like to really like go everywhere, you really need a car here. And, um, yeah, the food, too. I don't know. <laughs> I miss the food from home, but, like uh, but yeah, the, the people are really nice here. So I really liked it. Yeah, no, she brings up an interesting point because, like, um, uh, maps don't really do the size of the United States justice. Like, the distance between states is probably the same distance between countries and, like, Western Europe. So, like, uh, what would be a big road trip to, I don't know, Spain for you would probably be, like, I don't know, the half half of the length or maybe the entire length of Texas at most. But, uh, yeah, no, that's really interesting. I'm glad you got to see her country. And she's coming to New York in um, 
hopefully she links up with Adele and they can uh, make more, more content for our website because that's what yeah. we, we love content we love consumerism but um yeah okay i guess it's my turn i guess i'm at a six i just got back from canada got to meet one of our journalists monica she's doing great by the way um I also happened to turn 25 out there and uh, celebrate Hanukkah, got to see that cultural experience, see some old friends, but um, I, yeah, honestly, I'm more of a five or six. I can't really decide. I, I, I didn't think the quarter life crisis thing was actually true until I hit 25. It's been, it was just like, man, it's been such a struggle to get here and I don't even have everything I want yet. It's like, will the rest of my life be like this? It's like, like really tough, honestly, but uh, you know, um, and you know what the people i visited out there were going through their own like little crises so it's like it was like the weight of my own shit as well as everyone else's shit and i don't want to characterize the entire trip as that because it was like really fucking fun i i got to meet and enjoy the presence of a lot of people but you know it made me uh, upon coming home it made me put things in perspective that you know i probably should get more professional help and whatnot and uh i, I talked about this last time so i you know it's not like a truth bomb or anything but I started this like a uh, new medication regime to you know treat anxiety and depression, and uh, it's been pretty good for me. They upped my dosage a bit, so that's why I'm kind of a bit lethargic lately. But um, yeah, no, I kind of feel like a new person in some ways, and I want to say that's a good thing. But it's like it's like figuring out who am who am I right now, and uh, do will the people in my life still interact with me in the same way? And so far, it's been 50-50. Some people like the new Kenny. Other people are like, oh, where's the old Kenny? He was so funny. What's What, what happened? He was like the source of entertainment. And I was like, well, tune into my podcast and fuck off. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's me um, between the five or six, which is probably a lot better than I've been checking in. But um, enough about me. Let's get right to the topic. We'll start with our first question. It should be right up here. There it is. What type of parent will Gen Z become? That's one way to phrase this question, but more so, I want I want you guys to make it more personal in that what kind of parent do you think you'll become? Are you going to be a carbon, thank you, Liddell. Um, are you going to be a carbon copy of the people who raised you? Are you gonna try your best to be the complete opposite? Who, do you even want kids? Because we're making the assumption that you will want them in the first place. So, um, Sean, go first. You see, I'm not sure where I would say I'm not sure where I'm not account as like Gen Z, millennial, whatever. I'm in that weird halfway point. Yeah, I don't, I don't categorize <laughs> I feel more Gen X when I'm like 25. I don't know if I can claim it. <laughs> but I'll say like, you know, I will say considering that I've been going to therapy and unlearning all of the different things that my parents have kind of like placed on me that I will probably not become my parents or I'm, at least I'm more responsible than I guess some of our elders are. I figure that, you know, the way that we were raised and stuff like that, obviously some some points were positive, some points were really toxic, whatever, in our like kind of growth period and all the things to play in the middle of generation Oreo show, generation Oreo. What does yeah. that mean? What's <laughs> joke? I don't get it. I don't know. But um like, you know, like I'll say I had to do like a lot of unlearning because of the different things that my like parents kind of placed on me. So it's just like I don't want to continue that whole, you know, we always had generational curses and everything. I don't want to continue to, I guess, keep that whole maybe trauma building towards like, you know, my own kids if I decide to have kids somewhere. But it's just like I don't want to place that whole, yeah, you know, you have to suffer. We can't like talk. 
uh, no therapy, like all of those like old ways of thinking, like a lot of our parents kind of like have that still a little bit, even when you try to bring up what the problems are with that way of thinking or like different things that they're up to, they're kind of like, like, I'm be honest, like in my household, like I'll hear a lot of that kind of like, uh, it's almost like a, it is what it is kind of mentality that comes up a lot where it's just like, a, yeah, you know, this happened and that happened. Like, you know, we just learned to forget it. And I'm just like, did you learn to like, are you saying you like forgive and forget kind of like, you know, you moved on or are you moving because I noticed this? Are you moving with like, like, you know, the trauma is still there, but now it's just like a, yeah, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And it's just like, no, you can fix that. If y'all don't talk to each other, you can actually try to talk to each other and fix it. Or if there's a problem, y'all could try to address the problem and maybe acknowledge what it is. Cause I'll be honest again, my mom used to like hit me with the kind of like a, you know, oh, you're stuck in the past. And it's like, I'm not necessarily stuck in the past. I just haven't been able to talk about what I actually personally feel about growing up because you won't let me. And, you know, that leads to more damage going on if it keeps getting worse, as it did until this year where I finally got therapy and I've actually been addressing my problems with my family and everything. And I'm surprised to say that they're actually listening to me and I'm going to instill that basically moving forward with my own like life. Maybe when I do get kids, I'm going to be like, let's have a talk. Let's check in and see if anything's going wrong, kind of stuff like that. So. Yeah, man, that shit really resonated with me. Uh, like, I, of course, I don't have kids yet. And they don't exist, but I'm already like pathologically <laughs> afraid of like, oh, shit, what if I instill the same problems in them that my parents did in me? And that you know, looking back now that like my mind is in a much healthier state, like I'm, I'm, I'm realizing like, I, I, my traumas made a lot of my problems a lot harder than they had to be, and it was like, like a simple situations because of anxiety for some reason could blow way out of proportion, and you know, life would have been much more smoothly. My relationships probably would have been a lot better. And I'm like, what if I do the same thing to that kid? unintentionally like you know i'm trying to do the opposite and i end up doing the same because because it's like inevitable that you'll fuck up in some way but you uh, you talked about like how um your approach would be like we're going to be more open to therapy and talking about our feelings and not like keep everything on the inside but which is something that you know this generation has been pretty good at and you know we're pretty much in an experimental phase but it, that's a, definitely a good outlet to have, honestly. And uh, what your mom did just sound like, uh, cl- uh, cl- I'm not, of course, I'm not going to disrespect your parents, but uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like classic ga- gaslighting, which, you know, a lot of the older generation people do. And uh, my, my theory is that they're kind of afraid of that. They want you to forget all the bad things that you th- they did because they see you're approaching adulthood and they're like in the last phases of their life. So they don't really want a bad relationship with you because you're going to take care of them. And uh, you know, if the gaslighting doesn't work, their ass is going in an old folks home. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Well, Jessica, uh, pass the mic to you, metaphorically. I really like how you guys said the, or I think Sean mentioned it. Um, you said like it is what it is. My parents definitely had that mentality. Um, both my parents grew up in the Philippines and came here, so being, um, not like an experiment, but like just being raised in a world where they like haven't grown up here. I feel like they haven't been open-minded at all. And our generation has been the most, um, or I should say my generation, sorry, um, 
we've just been the most unapologetic when it comes to like creating change, which I really, really like. Um, so I think we will be more open-minded as parents, but like Kenny said, we're going to fuck up either way. So if it's not that, then it could be anything else, you know? Oh, that's great. So you're also a child of immigrants. I'm guessing, would you ever like often compare your own childhood to like the friends you had who whose parents like grew up here and whatnot? Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. My friends' parents were very different to the extent that some of my friends who didn't have immigrant parents, they would just never understand me on that level. And I would connect with others who did have immigrant parents, but I don't think it necessarily made things like worse or better for either or. That's funny to bring that up. I had a conversation with my cousin. Uh, she, she's also, her parents were also immigrants and uh, she's been talking to her therapist and her therapist is like, I know you're living with them, but can you set boundaries with them and, you know, get them to respect your privacy? And it's like, she obviously has never grown up in an immigrant household, obviously, because anyone who has knows that, you know, those things don't exist there. And like, they expect you to probably live there as long as possible or probably more conservative than the bunch and like only expect to move out when there's like prospect of marriage or some bullshit. Mm -hmm. So no matter what culture it is, it's usually that same ideal. And like, and, and yeah, no, that's interesting because, like, um, of course, I've been in those shoes before. And, like, when I see my, you know, Amer waspy friends, let's call them, with their parents, it's like, oh, on one hand, like, uh, your parents weren't strict enough and they didn't give you enough direction. So now you're, like, a liberal arts major who work, lives in a room with, like, five other people and you have no real direction in life. But then again, you know, they're much more supportive than mine were and I have to work through all these problems that you don't get. So kind of like a double-edged sword like the grass isn't always greener but like you do appreciate i guess yeah. but marie let us know how you feel on this topic like do you even want to be a parent um were your parent were your parents role models to you man the guys just go off yeah i don't know what the future holds but maybe and um as you said i feel like um it's really nice that we create like our generation change and that for instance uh like therapy like it's not anymore like taboo and like more and more people when they get problems like go there to talk about about this and I feel like my parents too like um, when there's like some problems or something and if I talked about this like yeah maybe I should go there or something they would be more like uh, you can resolve uh, this problem yourself um, and this type of stuff as you said and I feel like uh, on the other side uh, I would be a little bit like my parents, my mother more, because she was really always, um, how do you say, uh, letting me the choice to to choose like what I would love to do. And uh, she was really like open-minded, minded. Um, yes, and didn't tell me like, for instance, don't do this, you have to do this. So I think I would like be like this with my uh, children too, um, yes. And also, like, um, how do you say? Like, yeah, if they got problems now, like, for instance, telling them they can, they can go to therapy and stuff like this and not being uh, close-minded about those topics. Nice, nice, nice. Do you think, it, of course, I'm going to come back to the USA versus France thing. Do you, uh, do you think there's more acceptance of therapy in France than there is in the US? Were you guys ahead of the curve? 
what what do you think is going on uh i think it's uh, <clears throat> it's a little bit the same uh and i feel like the yeah the new like uh generation uh gen z are yeah it's the same we are like more and more getting open to to this and able to talk about it like between us but i feel like yeah the past uh like uh generation uh yeah it's still like complicated to talk about it and yeah well, nice. uh, I, I, I probably got this idea from like my economics professors in like nyu who were like very conservative and whatnot uh that you know it, europe has like a single pay well i guess a, a socialized healthcare system so like access to certain medications would probably be easier in some ways even if it takes longer so it makes me wonder like uh, you know in europe since you had access to medication and didn't have to worry about price were people like experiencing uh, ex were more people experimenting with like lexapro prozac and you know th those kinds of things but were meanwhile like people in america before like medicare and medicaid really came off probably didn't have like the same economic access to it so i figured that you in my head i was thinking because of that like oh you know europe has had much more accessibility to that so they've had much bigger sample size and there's been a lot more experimentation but it's interesting that you say that like therapy in general has just been on par with the us regardless of those factors so that's really interesting but as interesting as that is let's move on to the next topic and you know um i'm i'm glad this is going to move away from social sciences into like the science i guess not entirely way um this is more, I want you guys to think of this question in terms of like factors, like economic factors, social, uh, social factors, I guess, socioeconomic factors, political factors, in that what is making it so hard to have kids in this generation? Like, um, I, I don't have statistics on hand right now, but like the, our birth rates are pretty much down, which is pretty common in societies that are like affluent, I suppose. But uh, what do you, why do you think that is? What factors do you think are affecting these statistics? Uh, Sean went first last time, I think. Why doesn't Marie go first? Um, yeah, so I feel like uh, we're, uh, our generation takes more time uh, like for uh, ourselves and like time, for instance, to travel and uh, to choose like our careers, career um, uh, path. Uh, so I feel like, and of course, like the study, uh, get longer so uh yeah i think all these factors make it like uh more hard to have kids and also as you mentioned it like uh not um how do you say close relationships uh between two people uh so yes i think all of this make it more harder to have kids oh no it's really interesting that you bring that up um so, so you started off with the fact that like people are probably choosing careers now because you know um, they have much more accessibility to it, but regardless of gender. I, I think, uh, I don't know where I got the statistic from, but someone was telling me that, like, while firms are, like, struggling to maintain, like, these highly competent female lawyers who are, like, partner level, probably even the best lawyers in their firms, because, uh, you know, upon maternity leave, a lot, a good percentage of them would much rather be at home taking care of their children. So they have to make the, they have to basically fit the environment to support that. So it, it's kind of interesting because, like, on one hand, like we at first we were characterized by like equal equal rights, equal pay. Let's get everyone in the workforce. But now it's just like, okay, we're for, trying to find this middle ground. What's really good for us? And you know, if we're gonna have careers and a home life, our career life will have to, you know, 
makes space for what we consider is more important. So that's, I feel like that's really going to change how the job market works in the next 10 to 20 years. That'll be interesting to see. But uh, Jessica, hit me with what you got on this topic. Then don't, don't let don't let like anything we said influence what your opinions are. If you if you think it's something completely else, go for it. Uh, personally, I actually do want kids, um, or at least I want kids more compared to many of my other friends. But I was talking about um, this the other day with a homie, and I was just saying how. I don't even think if Generation Z had kids, I'm not exactly sure if they would even have a full life and see like the end of their life just because of global warming and how fucked up everything with the world is. Um, going off of global warming, the government, the government system as a whole is so polar and I don't want my child being raised in such like i just i don't know the world's fucked up basically yeah on uh i I remember it's called there's actually a movement it's called the anti-natalist movement where people are making the decision to you know not have children or sometimes even like uh i guess even go so far sterilizing themselves because like one reason it's like it philosophically like uh you know uh, existence is kind of meaningless, so why would I bring someone into this world only for them to resent me later? Or on the other hand, it's like, oh, the outlook's really bad. There's global warming, there's starvation, there's overpopulation. Would it would it really be best, you know, add a fuel to that fire? Maybe I should, you know, uh, peace out, let other people do it, and like help. I don't know, alleviate the problem by not adding to it, which you know, kind of characterizes children as problems and, like, one more factor in, like, global warming. Like, oh, I produce one more human. He's going to have so many carbon emissions throughout his life. What's going on there? So, no, that's an interesting take. Um, I, I will say our generation is probably a lot more environmentally conscious and, like, even existentially so. So that's, like, you, you're probably not alone in that thinking is what I want to catch. Okay, best for last. Let's go with Sean. He's not so, actually, this guy's okay. <laughs> so I'll say I think the factors that's affecting like how much people have been having kids lately, kind of like both what Maria and um, Jessica said, a lot of like, I guess our social political, a lot of the landscape of like the world that we grew up in is kind of like changing around a lot. So like even with our generation back then, it was like, you know, you had there was the as time goes on, like, you know, you look at the relationship dynamics, it was like, you know, the the women being the housewives, the like the men who, as usual, would go off to war and all the stuff like that. So it was about reproduction, having like, you know, I guess a legacy continue. But now in this day and age, like a, a lot of things are changing where the landscape that we're in is changing a lot with like, you know, like just said, global warming and all the stuff like that. You know, COVID hit us. So we got that going on now where basically a bunch of stores shut down, job markets are flip floppy you can't really tell make heads or tails so much of like anything lately and then if you look at like socially i guess what people are doing now like you know there's no longer the i guess traditional male factor traditional female factors a lot of things are changing between us where let's say if you are on the lgbt spectrum you're more likely to now go out and chase like you know the actual partner that you want rather than it being like oh you know i have to find a husband or a wife you're going for like you know everyone's trying to move in the actual 
love or appreciation or not even at all. Some people are just like, you know, messing around. Some people don't want kids. Some people are just having fun. Some people are like, you know, again, on that spectrum. So it's just like with all of these different things, like combining and I guess woven with each other, everybody's just kind of like, I mean, I'll have kids if I like, you know, when I want kids, but there's no longer that kind of like, I guess, not even saying like the oops factor, like, you know, how you brought up where it's like, you know, kids seen as like problems and stuff like that. There's like that kind of factor where everybody's now kind of like actually thinking and communicating with each other where they're like, would you like kids right now? And it's just like, nah, you know, I got chasing my career, chasing travel. I'm doing all this stuff like that. If I have a kid, I know that that's going to basically stop me from doing the stuff that I want to do with my life right now. So it's not like an obligation to do it unless like, you know, they really want to. So things are like really changing, I guess, in our generation, the middle generation, whatever. We're not our parents anymore. So yeah, that's dope, man. You you bring up a good point. Like, uh, sexually, we're a lot more experimental now. Like, given the pre- prevalence of the LGBTQ community, uh, whatever alphabet, um, given the prevalence is like, uh, you, you know, um, normally you would associate a lot of those relationships with being unable to have children. Like, you would uh, if it's a same-sex partnership. It, biologically, you would think it doesn't work out if they're asexual and they're not having sex to have children, but. Uh, you know, with modern science, there are just so many ways around that. You can have a surrogate, you can adopt, which I like encourage high, uh, very much because, like, uh, as, as Donnie mentioned many times, the uh, orphanage system in this country is just, and any country is just absolutely awful. So, you know, it's 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 almost one could make the argument that the, if if you everyone had to serve a purpose, which I, I don't think they do. Um, you know, uh, those members of the LGBT community are there to, you know basically be a stable family structure for those who weren't who basically got thrown out the pipeline and who didn't have a nuclear family to support them but again you know anyone can have children if they want to it's you don't have to go to um uh, through the adoption route but it's a very noble route but no yeah that's interesting because yeah we're considering our options a lot more and you know it probably the longer we consider our options the longer we probably wait to have children which you know probably might decrease fertility but in the end who needs that many children um yeah i'll quickly give my own opinion on the topic um so so i probably mentioned it like i have a very uh private catholic education and background and even when i went to like a regular private school that didn't that was secular i guess uh most of my professors were also pretty conservative particularly in the economics department and when i got my mba it was even worse but um, I, I, I'm like biased towards thinking like, you know, our society is probably the richest society that has ever existed on the planet. And when human beings are like surrounded by affluence and wealth, they're much less likely to have lots of children. Like, um, let's say like in the Bronze Age, um, your social status, I guess social status, but your prosperity would depend a lot on how many children you have because those children would like raise the... Um, would, would, would like take care of your agriculture and your business and like go out and hustle for you like the more kids you have the more likely you are, that you're about to prosper and you know that's still a mindset in a lot of developing countries like when, especially in like south america amongst the poor populations uh, and it's kind of like a culture shock when they come here because they're coming from backgrounds where like oh i have seven eight brothers and sisters and now i'm only having two kids and like everyone's like looking at me weird but that's the norm in america because we don't need that many kids and kids each kid is that much more expensive 
So, uh, yeah, and, you know, these guys, the guys who taught me were probably like climate change deniers and uh, didn't really consider a lot of the factors that you guys are considering. So that's kind of why my bias is like, well, no, this is probably a good sign that we're not having a lot of children. And, you know, if we're not, it's probably alleviating a lot of the issues we have. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced with overpopulation as a real problem, but um, if it is, I think we're kind of on the way to resolving it. But let's move on to the next question about these whole science schmines crap um oh god no there's a lot of science schmines crap here how do you think society compensates for the declining population like this is something that our governments and our political structures are really worried about because you know there are less voters okay um but it's it's kind of like like Japan, for example, like they, they are very worried because their population is just not going for it. I think China also has this problem where the one child policy made it kind of, you know, tipsy. There, there are more men than there are women, so there are less chances for reproduction. So how do you think society has to compensate? Like what incentives do we need to start having children again? Who wants to go? Who wants to go first? Who has the most enthusiasm today? It's Marie, I can tell. Okay, go Marie, solve our problems. Um, I don't have really uh, an ID, but um, I think uh, um, I, yeah, I don't know yet, but. Um, if, if it helps you, um, what factors would you need to be? Yeah, I'll elaborate. Okay, so what 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 issues do you think would need to be addressed for you to be in a mood or in the right position to have children and to reproduce? Like, wh what problems have to be disappear before you're able to make that uh, decision? And is there <clears throat> anything society can do to help you out? Um, I think one of the issues first is like to have a, how would you say a stable situation with yourself. <clears throat> Uh, so like for like work and that you achieve like all your like goals before having children because after you're I think a little bit stuck if you want to do like some stuff for instance for instance traveling like far away you have like always to have your children with you but um, <clears throat> um, I think yeah it's more uh, like career goals and situation status um, that I think they should like put incentives on it. I, I don't really know what, but I think yes, for me it would be this. Sounds like you're in New York. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. No, but um no, I, I see I see what you mean. It's probably that there are too many as the question is like there are obviously too many barriers. Like if uh, upward mobility through our economic statuses were probably easier if there were less interference, um, whether by government or by social factors. Um, you mentioned that you definitely want to like travel the world and like experience it. And it's like, a, yeah, we live in a globalized world, but you know, so far it's only been helping corporations because there, there's an argument to be made for free trade, but it's just like, okay, we have open borders here and here for trade. How does that help me as an individual? It's still like like when I was going to Canada, it is like so hard to travel because of COVID and whatnot. And uh, the TSA is just they just hire a bunch of douchebags. I don't understand. 
but um, they make the travel experience so hard that sometimes you just don't even want to leave your country. You just want to stay, and that's bad because you're not experiencing the world. So, you know, post-pandemic, I'm sure you would appreciate if, you know, they relaxed uh, security, relaxed COVID restrictions, allowed people to, you know, more freely go across the border back and forth with, with of course, visas in there probably. But, yes, and when it comes to, like, work, um, there are a lot of factors society needs to address. Like, for example, they have to make, um, in your case, it's probably that they have to make uh, the workplace a much more inviting and safer place for women. And that's probably by giving them incentives like the law firms are with like maternity leave if they wish to. And, you know, things that uh, that can fit around their schedule. And that's really great. Jessica, what do you think? Um. So I think the biggest issue that, society needs to deal with first and marie kind of briefly touched about it but just the fact that we ourselves need to get our own shit together before we're able to take care of an entire other human being you know how are we supposed to take care of someone when we can't even take care of ourselves yeah honestly it it, it is kind of hard because like i did mention like currently we're probably like the richest population it's ever been but like the cost of living has gotten so high that like we're sharing rooms with like five uh, strangers if we have to so um yeah no honestly i i kind of am optimistic like obviously the pandemic was awful too many people died our infrastructure wasn't ready for it but um you know after this i i, I like we we've basically hit rock bottom as a society i can't see how much lower we can get like we're more environmentally conscious we're attacking our governments uh you know a lot of governments are imposing carbon taxes maybe that'll help um the immigration thing is probably going to be friendlier where was i going with this but um yeah no i mean once covid pandemic is over whenever it is you know our healthcare system will have less stress uh, social security will probably you know unfortunately because a lot of elderly people died and a lot of those with disabilities died it's gonna have less stress most likely and that's a pretty shitty thing to say but like realistically for the rest of society it's probably gonna get a bit easier even though we had to suffer all these losses but uh yeah well enough dark thoughts sean let's bring some shun sunshine into this what do you think I know you're um, full of sunshine. Look at you; it's just like lighting up your room. <laughs> um, kind of like like we've been talking about for I guess us to, well, for most people to probably start wanting kids and stuff again. There's a lot of the stuff about like I guess the old ways of thinking or the ways that things are that need to change, such as as we were bringing up like economically and stuff like that. A lot of the jobs or whatever are still acting like you know we're not past the point of like you know not saying minimum wage being like you know 15 dollars. yeah that's cool but you shouldn't necessarily need like maybe two three jobs to kind of make a means because if you need two to three jobs you probably won't have the time to actually take care of your kids and then like you know with all of the other stuff that comes into play where it's like you could have kids but you know let's say there's no daycare system at your job or there's no this you have to figure out how to give the date like you know how to get your kid to daycare you got to figure out how to make like you know your living means we brought up um the lgbtq if they were basically being allowed to i guess adopt and stuff more because i know there's still it may be more relaxed but i know there's still like a back and forth that comes with like i guess um children like people on the spectrum being able to adopt children and everything there's still that like back and forth or stuff like that 
if society were to actually change, I guess, their ways of like thinking and their ways of like how things work, I feel like we might be able to move a little bit forward more where people might actually start wanting kids. Or again, if we could figure out different ways where you can travel, you know, you can like freely travel and get that out of your system and then, you know, have the kids and not like, I guess, face direct punishment from for it for some reason. A lot of people would be more willing to actually want kids and stuff like that again once they actually are able to tackle their career points their travel points their life points all the stuff like that because like you said we're in that kind of generation where it's like it's less like oh we need to continue i guess the populations and stuff like that now it's everybody is kind of in the focus of like what do i need to do for myself to feel comfortable that I'd be like, all right, cool, I could settle down now, or like I'm ready to settle down, or I'm looking, for, I found the right person. Kind of like all these different factors and stuff like that. Yeah, no, those are really concrete. I, I, I also forgot to mention that like a lot of jobs are are opening daycare centers within their buildings, and I think Google was probably ahead of the curve. I, like I have had, I have a lot of issues with Google as a philosophically. But um, they do a lot to make their employees feel welcome. They have daycares, they have bars, <clears throat> they have restaurants, they have workout facilities. Like everything you need is in that one office. So you, I guess, in a way, it's like, oh, now you'll never leave. But like, <laughs> um, it's like sinister. But like, yeah, I'm sure there were good intentions in there. Um, yeah, no. But to wrap it up, since we're running out of time, for me, it's just like, yeah, it's it's a, it's. I'm gonna echo a lot of what you guys say, but. Uh, specifically, I feel like if we were allowed to keep more of our wealth, we would probably be in a better situation. Like I'm living in New York and um, I'm in a stable career for once in my life. And, um, you know, I plan on staying here for 10 years uh, in the career, at least. Uh, and like New York taxes are just like out of control. I see my paycheck every time. And it's like this could cover room and board in Jersey. So that's why I'm moving to Jersey. So I, I'm not hit so hard. And it makes me think like, OK, so you, you're not going to give people uh checks you're not going to give them uh pandemic uh re pandemic related you know economic support that's fine okay sure at least give if you're not going to put any work into this at least let us keep our taxes because we're basically paying for a service we're not getting at this point like um i i hate when people are like excited about their tax return it's just like yo they stole your money and they're giving it back to you like this was a con and then you have to pay like two different government departments in order to get it, you have to pay someone to calculate what's the right amount. And then you have to pay these separate departments that don't want to even talk to each other. So you would save us a lot of time and a lot of struggle and make life easier if you were stop siphoning excess money out of us in every single way. Like there's a tax on everything you can think of from uh, inheritance, from when you have a house, when you have a rental, right? L Liddell probably knows this because Liddell's doing pretty well. So, and the better, the better you do, the more they tax you. Like we don't have incentives to move up in society because if I move up a tax bracket or if I make six figures, I'm gonna get fucked. <laughs> There's no nice way to say it. It's it's crazy. Um, and I don't want to go on the rant because I know it's very popular in today's society. Like tax the rich, tax the rich, but a lot of those maneuvers <clears throat> do end up hurting the working class as a unintended side effect uh, of course i'm, I'm yeah sh rich people should pay their fair share of taxes but uh we should be very careful about the policies we instill because like they're hurting the rest of us but um yeah that's my rant um that's probably the closest this podcast will ever get to political we promise this is an entertainment podcast but in case we're gonna wrap it up 
uh, first, I'm going to give a chance for my um, co-moderators, I suppose, to plug in any projects they're working on, um, where you can find them uh, social media-wise, and uh, what you have to look forward from them. Uh, Sean, you go first, since you're pretty experienced with this. Got you. So if you want to see anything that I'm up to, whether that be like um, poetry, dance-wise, photography, you can follow me on most social medias under Black Dawn. I'm probably going to miss it. Up oh, there it is, Black Dawn right there. That's going to be on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Pretty much I'm cornering the market for Black Dawn. You could also find some of my poetry and stuff written on my website, blackdawnarts.com. Nice. Jessica, you working on anything you want to share? It's okay if you're not. Um, currently, no, just with school. Uh, life's very, very busy as is. But for my socials, my name's right there, or over here. <laughs> but it's just Jessica McGallit on all socials. Nice, nice. Um, as for me, this is my IG tag. But uh, in all honesty, I'm not really... I'm, I'm trying to get back into creativity. Like, I'm obviously much more focused than I've been in the past now. So... Um, uh, photography is a thing so maybe i'll release a page and maybe people like it marie what you working on uh for now as with my study not <clears throat> not much but uh yeah you can find me on my instagram it's uh mary m-a-r-i-e uh bottom uh slash uh g-d-m-n yeah she means underscore by the way guys uh, <laughs> underscore yeah. Uh, but no, it's cool. Uh, you can Jessica and Maria probably heavily contribute to Tuck, so you can probably find a lot of their articles. And if you're interested in fashion, obviously we can um, go to either of them, honestly. But um, yeah, no. So please like, share, and follow, which all your friends, family, your neighbor, your enemies, even yeah, send this podcast to your enemies so you can as a way to just tell them not to have children or some shit. That'd be funny. But uh, we, yeah, we're on StreamYard, we have our own website, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and you can always find us with the Tuck label. On YouTube, we're called Tuck Tuck. And in any case, we'll see you next time, ladies, gentlemen, and whoever, however else you identify. All right. And Hail Hydra. <laughs>